What up, world, and welcome to Beer Talk Now. I'm your host, D. Neal, and today on episode seven, I have a colleague of mine, goes by the name Elise Ogle, and she is the owner and operator of the Tandem Food LLC, which is a food consulting company. They do food safety. They set up with all of your procedures. They change the culture with your employees to make you better when it comes to food safety. So please check her out at Tatum Food LLC. All right. And tonight, because it is nighttime, we are here at Uproar Brewing Company. That is at 439 South First Street in San Jose, California. Do you know the way to San Jose? Uh, Elise, how are you doing this evening? Doing real well. Thank you, Daryl. I appreciate you coming out and hanging out with uh, the Beer Talk Now community and, and being my guest for episode seven. Um, right now we have three flights. You know, at Beer Talk Now, we love to drink beer and we love to talk about beer. Uh, Elise actually made her own ginger beer, which was amazing, which I want to talk about because I didn't make ginger beer yet. So, And I love ginger beer for your good old Moscow, your Moscow mules and all that under wonderful stuff. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Filipino beer, when she, and she can school me on that because I have no idea. I haven't tasted any Filipino beer, but I am always willing to drink some beer. Um, but as I start off with all the guests, Elise, when did you start drinking beer? or What was your first experience with beer? Well, thank you for having me on episode seven here on Beer Talk. Now, I'm really excited to chat with you. Thank you for thank you for coming. <laughs> for my experience, I was trying to think about the first time I had beer, and I have to say, I think it was probably when I was younger and uh, at a family party where I got to taste a little bit. Okay. And I really didn't like it that much, of course. <laughs> now, now, why didn't you like? Because a lot of a lot of the guests that I've had on typically do have that experience where they uh, get a chance to taste beer from an uncle, their dad, their cousins, and it's always uh, the first experience they say they don't like it much, and most of the time it says because it's like it was bitter, but was that the case for you? Yes, definitely the bitter. I wasn't really used to carbonation because okay. we didn't have soda growing up, okay. <laughs> for better or for worse, and I think that it was just more of a taste that I didn't like at all in general, but... Of course, as I grew older and got to keep giving beer a shot, it was. Let's it give it out. the good old freshman try. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nice. And what what beer, what beer in that uh, transition period of you giving beer a try and finding beer that you actually like? Which one did you say? Okay, you know what? This is why I like beer. And which ones were you like? Mm, let me keep trying. Sure. I guess uh, definitely Blue Moon was out there. Blue Moon with the orange. All yep, right. with the orange. And I went to undergrad at the University of Texas in Austin. Okay, Hook Austin, them. Texas. Bleed Shout orange. out. And there is a Texas beer called Shiner Bach. Shiner Bach. Everybody knows about the Shiner. Yep, but that summer seasonal, the Shiner Bach Ruby Red Grapefruit. Just such a delicious beer, so easy to drink. And we used to get a case at the end of the summer so that we could last at least a little bit into the fall. <laughs> Shout out Shiner Bach with the grapefruit and all that other wonderful stuff. So, okay, so that was the beer that made you say, yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. So, what, so what, when you were in college, that was the go-to, was the Shiner Bach? Yes. Okay. And was there anything outside of the Shiner Bach that you had that you were like, yeah, I like, I like this aspect? Or did you know anything about styles at the time? Or is it just what whatever everybody else was drinking, 
and that one tastes good, then we're doing that one. I love to experiment, and so I really did try a lot of different beers. I tried, I learned about IPAs and saisons and nice. porters and stouts and everything. We got uh, a lot a of those. We got major. a lot of those on these flights right here. We got some saisons, <laughs> some porter. Oh, not a porter. Hey, we do. We got a stout actually. And yes, got, it's a really nice color palette yes, too. <laughs> yes, it is. Very beautiful color. Beer talk now community, even though you can't see it. I know. <laughs> Continue. Sure. So. I tried a lot of different beers, and I realized that I'm more into the wheat beers and not so much into IPAs and hops. Okay. Uh, but I always am willing to try another IPA. <laughs> nice. Well, we got, a, we got a bunch of them, so that's good. I mean, they didn't here at uh, Uproar, I didn't really see on the menu too many beers that had the wheat aspect to it. Most of them are going to be like a Saison or a IPA or a Hazy. Uh, which I've become fond of hazies. Uh, but it's it's definitely a lot of varieties. I think we have a red somewhere in here. I just got to read off of the list of what we what we have. Uh, but I, that's great uh, great to hear that the experience that you had with beer was like, oh, I didn't like it as a kid, but you kept giving it a try and wanted mm-hmm. to be a part of that, that culture. Now, since, we got, since we're talking about culture, you brewed your own ginger beer, as I mentioned before. What made you want to do that? Sure. I had a really good friend in grad school, and we were really trying to just learn more about food science because, of course, it was a food science master's degree. Shout out all the food scientists. Talk (laughs) about it. I actually got to play more in dairy. It was a dairy science-oriented master's degree. But, of course, we learned about fermentation, and so we tried to make our own ginger beer. And we actually used the same formulation and brewed probably 40 times. 40 times? A lot wow. of times. So that we could really perfect it and figure it out over time. And we actually entered a homebrewing contest in 2017 now at the end. It was a local American Chemical Society chapter, ACS. Nice. And we were able to take home the People's Choice. Wow. So, okay, you're getting, you're getting serious with me. I thought this was like a one-time thing, 40-time try, hit up with the people's choice, and that's a big deal because the people said you unanimously, this is who we go to. Yes, that's it's a refreshing drink. I mean, it was a sunny day, and we were outdoors, so that, I think, helped push the lighter beers to nice. the top. But it was a lot of fun, and it definitely takes a lot of practice to make any food taste good. This is true. Um, and what was the, do you remember what the alcohol content was, the ABV on the, on the ginger beer? Oh, it was definitely very low. Okay. Uh, it definitely was fermentation, though. We had five ingredients. Mm-hmm. It was white sugar, brown sugar, the champagne yeast to make Cham- it a little more champagne bubbly. Champagne yeast, yes. Uh, fresh ginger, fresh lemon, and then tap water. Nice. <laughs> and so out of those 40 times, when did you know, like, this one is the one? Maybe the fortieth. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So did you uh, did you drink all of them, or did you have someone, or did you have other people taste taste them? It's always good to have feedbacks. Uh, we didn't have any sensory panels okay. or nothing formal, but we had some volunteers and friends who would risk their lives for <laughs> to taste some ginger beer for us. <laughs> I got I got I got a lot of cousins and friends like that who taste my first home brew too. <laughs> I was like, guys, don't worry about the settling at the bottom. That's just they said it would happen. Okay, <laughs> I don't have any filter filtration type of unit over here. So, no, that's cool. Um, and then from that, did you want to continue doing home brewing, or do you check out any home brew clubs? Because I know there's a lot of home brew clubs, uh, especially in the Bay Area. So, 
Yes. Have you have you joined one? Have you went to some of the events to a couple of them or I've been able to visit a couple of shops. Uh, you definitely bring up a good point that we're in a really good area for home brewing. Okay. I unfortunately have not been able to take too much advantage of it, uh, especially because of the conditions in which I'm renting or living. But of course, when I am able to, I would love to begin again home brewing beer and maybe some of the other alcohols such as wine or something. And would you focus uh, solely on the wheat aspect of the, of the beer since you like that so much? Or would you want to do like a, maybe a stout or IPA or a red or something? Want to give that a try? Sure. Uh, probably I would go with what I like <laughs> because then it just makes it easier for me. I'd be a little more interested. But I would be open to trying anything, I think, at this, at this early stage. Nice. And when you were doing the... Um, homebrew for the ginger beers because you mentioned the champagne yeast. Did you learn about diff- other different types of yeast before you picked the champagne one, or was it just that was the one that you were given for for the for the for the uh, homebrew experiment? In that case specifically, it was a lot of online research to figure out that the champagne yeast would be the best option for us, and we were aiming to make our ginger beer a little more bubbly. Nice, and so that kind of just went with it and we didn't play around with the yeast as much because we liked the way the ginger beer turned out and for us it was more about playing with like the ratio of white sugar to brown sugar to get the right color and the freshness of the lemon to get the right taste so that's more of what we played with as opposed to the yeast aspect hear that beer talk now community that was a bunch of nerding out that was wonderful it was simple it was to the point and it was very digestible i appreciate that (laughs) Well, as we like to do here on Beer Talk Now, is we like to drink the beer that we got. And we again, we got three flights. Uh, the first flight that we have set up here is the Saison Jose, uh, the Monarch. Yes, the Monarch off of the Venture Brothers. No, uh, we have the Golden Ticket, and we have the Mile High. And you know what? I think let's start off with the Saison Jose which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to pull up my notes because I take a lot of notes when I'm doing this beer talk now, the Saison San Jose is actually a Saison. Yes, we know that. And it is a 5.5 ABV. I do not know the yeast that was used, people, but I will tell you that it is a nice, I want to say it's a golden color. I, yeah, it's gonna say, I'm going to say gold. So uh, we're going to take a sip of that and then... I'm going to always ask more questions, so feel free to chime in, ask me questions, and we're just going to get it going. So we're going to try the Saison Jose. We got a nice yellow or goldish color, excuse me, and uh, we're going to cheers. Give me a second. Uh Uh-oh. Microphone drop. Had to move my hand out of the way. There you go. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, That is definitely a Saison farmhouse type smell to Mm -hmm. it. Definitely. Ooh, that tartiness. Actually, that's very, that is a good tart. Very it light. Is. Now, I've, I've had some Saisons that are like, you're, you're borderline like, is this a sour? I've had, <laughs> I've had that. Like, it's like you bring in all the funk with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is good. This is a light. It's almost like a, it's a kick up from a lager. So I, I enjoy it. What do, you, what do you think, Elise? Yeah, I actually interned at a winery um, a few years ago and One thing I took away from the winemaker was that when you taste wine, 
if you drink a glass, it's it's okay wine. If you can drink two glasses of wine, it's it's pretty good. But if you can finish the whole bottle, that means you really like it. And I could finish a whole bottle of this. Saison. So we're talking we're talking about we're going a whole bottle of the Saison <laughs> Jose, the five point five ABV. I'm not gonna lie. I would go. I, would, I could easily knock back maybe a, a growler on this, so I can do a 64 ounce on this one, no problem. Um, so, in your experience with with the food industry, since you just mentioned working at a at a winery, where what type of um, industry? I mean, not industry. What type of plants have you been to, or what type of facilities, uh, or different aspects of the food industry have you worked at? So you said a winery. Where where are some other places that you worked at as well? Mm-hmm. Um, so winery was really my first intro into food science because I graduated undergrad and as a chemistry major at the University of Texas, they really push oil and I knew I didn't want to do oil. Uh, so I took Texas some gold. time off <laughs> yep, to travel and to uh, serve with AmeriCorps. Nice. And then when I worked at the winery, that was when I realized like, oh yeah, food chemistry. <laughs> and after that, I went to do my master's, but I also got to work at Nestle and work on ice cream. I worked at a chocolate shop part-time, so I got to be really hands-on with fudge and uh, ganache and different fillings. And then I've, through the dairy master's program, we traveled to quite a few. We had quite a few field trips to different facilities in California, like the bigger ones, um, such as, for example... um, I don't know why I just forgot. Hillmar. Hillmar. Hillmar's a really big all one. Right. Hillmar uh, cheese. Shout out to Hillmar cheese. All the uh, <laughs> the Central Valley in, uh, uh, IFT members out there in Hillmar. <laughs> Shout out. Yep. And after the master's in dairy chemistry, that's when I was able to work with Sunbasket. It's a meal kit delivery company. Okay. And they cover all types of ingredients. And so that facility was just really good learning melting pot of how different ingredients need to be stored and worked with. It was really a lot of fun. And currently as also an auditor for the non-GMO project with SCS Global Services, I it's mostly desk audits, but I still get to learn about different documentation practices. And of course, I have to learn about different ingredients so I know how to properly evaluate. So it's just been a fun learning process this whole time. Now, when you're learning about different ingredients, when you drink a beer, are you thinking to yourself, hmm, this yeast, they use this yeast, or they, are they, they use this type of, uh, this type of malt, or this, this type of, uh, <laughs> this sugar here, they, they could have added a little more. Do you break down that component to the uh, beer when you're drinking it? I'd be lying if I said yes. Okay. <laughs> You're just having a good time with the beer. That's what I'm talking about. Beer talking meaning true first. Okay. So nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go on to the second one. I mean, we got a lot of uh, beer to go to. But while we're doing that, we're going to go to the Monarch. But before we do that, I'm going to ask a question and then I'll break down the little bit of specs for the Monarch. What made you want to even get into the food aspect of it? Because um, I heard a little bit about starting off as a chemistry uh, major than your master's, you got a master's in food. Is it food chemistry or dairy chemistry? Dairy chemistry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, that dairy, what made you want to do the dairy aspect of, of chemistry? <laughs> That's a really good question. I actually really wanted to get into the chocolate industry. I love chocolate and I think it's such a fascinating product or ingredient. It's so 
interesting. It has so many different applications. And the closest I could get to was dairy chemistry in the sense of the dairy chocolate interface. So, for example, at Nestle, not just thinking about milk chocolate bars, but also how you can coat a vanilla ice cream with chocolate. Oh, yeah. Good old... Good old chocolate-covered co- ice cream. <sighs> I yes. miss you. Lactose intolerant. Can't do it anymore. Continue. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, kind of how I got into the into Cal Poly, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And the official title is a Master's of Agriculture with a Specialization in Dairy Products Technology. So that I is, haven't milked that a is cow. A lot, that is a lot, of, uh, that's a lot of title. Yes, that's dairy science. <laughs> Much easier. That is nice. That's cool. So your love for chocolate brought you to milk. Now, when did you get a love for beer? Mm. Uh-huh. I think my appreciation for beer. I like that appreciation. Okay, there mm-hmm. we go. It's, it's definitely harder than it looks. I, As an undergrad at UT, I hung out with quite a few grad students who thought they could make beer. Hmm. And... Yes, you can make beer, but can you make it good? That's right. That's a different uh, question altogether. (laughs) And so I think I started to really appreciate it when I started to learn more about it and all the nuances of beer. And working at the winery, of course, when you drink wine and try and look and evaluate wine, there's so many different things to look at and with beer it's it's pretty much the same it's another beverage (laughs) put some respect on beer's name i appreciate it continue yes the character of beer is just like this monarch this 8.8 abv french saison that we're going to drink but continue cheers eye to eye (laughs) there we go wonderful smell Mm -hmm. it's very very crisp uh uh, nose to it excuse me the nose is a smell but very crisp. It, it's it's very uh, airy and light on that mm-hmm. that smell. Hmm. I get I get some fruity flavors to it. Is, are, are are you getting that? Or? Yeah. I don't I know what that fruit that is, bit. but yeah. It's more back of the mouth for me too. Yes. This experience. Very smooth. Mm-hmm. It's very light, but the but the lingering fruit uh, note stays on the palate mm-hmm. it's I, interesting it is would i would i get a pint of it hmm. <laughs> i don't know i don't know yet mm-hmm. i'm gonna keep drinking but continue <laughs> i'm sorry oh i definitely agree with you it's uh it's a different kind of beer and i respect all beer but of course i have to pick my favorites i can only drink so much <laughs> <laughs> this is true well we can drink it all it's just in moderation True. So you went from grad students who were like, we can make beer and didn't do it too well. Shout out to all those grad students who are probably working <laughs> in the industry now. Uh, keep trying. Keep going. But that's why we came to breweries like Uproar, uh, Uproar, San Jose. We're here, 439 South First Street. Um, yeah, I have I think in my journey of just the guy who likes to drink beer and talk about it uh, and really the social aspect of it, I, I've found that. Even brewers too, like they they really are artists. They experiment with the different type of beers that most people are like, ah, let's just stick to the normal. Uh, they really jump in there and try to change it around, give you a different experience each time. So that's really cool. I mean, to have that experience that you have with not only the coming from a chemistry aspect to it, but going 
dairy because you wanted to be with chocolate and then your your appreciation for beer because you were at a winery and and got to see that uh, nuance to that and to tie that nuance into beer i think that's amazing so all the beer talk now community appreciates someone (laughs) who appreciates beer and understands the nuance Mm -hmm. of beer um we only been on we only went to two the third one we're going to do is actually the golden ticket and the golden ticket is a golden ale seven percent so I'm thinking maybe a little bit yeasty over here when we try it, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, when you go to a place uh, for for beer, do you go to a bar? Do you go to a brewery? Do your friend are your friends uh, beer connoisseurs or appreci- uh, uh, people who appreciate beer? Or are you more so just kind of hanging out and at the house and grabbing a a beer from a, like a Total Wine or a Bevmo or something like that, and then just just kicking back? Whoever pops the can I mean pops the bottle, then you're doing that. Yes, that's a really good question. For me, definitely with beer culture, it's it's can be anywhere, and that's what I like about beer. Um, you can go to a bar or brewery, or you can hang out at home. You can buy your own selection at Bevmo or wherever else, and bring that home to do a tasting or something. It's it's really fun, and there's a, definitely a beer out there for everyone. There's a beer out there for everyone. Continue. <laughs> it's uh, For me, I think my favorite is probably hanging out at home, drinking a few beers, because then there's no pressure on who's driving or what's happening. And <laughs> Safety first. Uber it or bust. Lift it or bust. Don't drink and drive. Okay, continue. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> And then, of course, the breweries. Uproar is, uh, I've been here before, and it's a great place. There's quite a few microbreweries here in San Jose. Uh, I've been fortunate to do beer tours at some of the bigger ones as well. Uh, For example, I've been to um, Stella Artois uh, in Leuven, Belgium. Okay. And that was the biggest brewery I've ever been to. Nice. Um, But there's... Anheuser in St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. and then there is, um, I don't know why the name is escaping me. It's okay. That we got plenty of time. New Belgium. New I kept picturing Belgium. Fat Tire, and I was good like, that's not the name new, of the brewery. Good old New Belgium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in Uproar, Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, Uproar is, uh, first of all, they got a they have a painting of an elephant. It's a purple elephant. It's literally, yeah, it's it's got a purple background. This thing is, I took a picture of This thing is great, okay, yeah. When I walked in here, I was like, all right, food to this side, purple elephant, and we got lots of beer. And then the kettle's in the back. So this is a really cool place. They were having trivia night earlier. That's why it was really loud. Plus the Warriors were on, and they they won, so they sweep the the Rockets. But, um, yeah, that's cool. I I think the home home aspect is great. I actually like coming to the breweries because just like before you walked in, I was talking to a gentleman as I was – signing up for all these flights. And he was just like, hey, how's it going? I was like, I'm doing all right. Found out he's from Australia. He's been in Santa Barbara for 12 years, but he always comes up to Uproar Brewing Company once a week. Wow. I was like. That's loyalty. Yes, it's very loyalty. So obviously their beer is doing quite a bit. So speaking of beer, we're going to go, like I said, the Golden Ticket, which is a Golden L 7%. All right, we got full flight tasting going on. Now, this one is really getting that goldish, uh, almost getting a little bronzy on me. Not too much, but it's getting there. Yes. The nose is nice, but we got to cheers first. Cheers. (laughs) Eye to eye. Continue. Mm -hmm. 
Now that almost had the same. That actually has a a fruity note going in as you taste it, but then it kind of dissipates right after you drink it. So I like that because you don't you don't get that fruity note um, uh, on the nose of this uh, this beer, the smell of the beer. You don't get that at all. So that is a nice. I like that. I like how it, it disappears. It tricked me. That's what it did. It played it did. mind games with you. It tricked me as well. I wasn't expecting this one to be fruity, but it's it's a welcome. Okay, okay, uh, uproar. You're, get, you're getting into the fruity aspect, and we got a lot more to go. Um, so now, is your husband a beer? Is he a beer person? Yes, uh, both of us like to drink beer. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Our first four dates were actually brewery, winery, winery, brewery. Okay, he he was mixing it up. He tried to <laughs> he tried to give you because he knew you worked at a winery. He was trying to show how cool he was with his uh his wine or his uh his wine knowledge. No, <laughs> it was just uh, something that we both had in common. <laughs> nice. That we both like to drink. <laughs> now what? Now what? Now what's his favorite beer? Uh, he actually really likes Old Rasputin. And that one. Shout out to the 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 North Coast Old Rasputin. I love it. All right, he he likes to drink yeah. the heavies. I like that guy. It's definitely a very interesting beer. Uh, not my favorite, but that's okay. He doesn't have to share. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Beer is to share, though. By the way, we are we're beer we're beer people here. Um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, the next one. Again, beer talking in the community. We're just going down the list. This is fun, by the way. We are knocking them back. We're going to go to the Mile High, which is an English mild. And I don't even know what an English mild is, but I'm going to learn today. It is a 5.3 ABV. And, uh, yeah, let's just get it going. Mm-hmm. So what – and why are we about to drink this? Cheers. But now – oh, sorry. Now, this definitely has a, a – uh, Amber type of color or bronze, bronze, bronzish brown, if I can say if that's even makes sense. Oh, yeah, it definitely smells like I'm about to drink like a coffee or something like that. This is like a like a real strong tea-ish coffee mix in here. Yep. Um, but what, so California, you chose California because because you were, were you were you born in Texas and went to school out there or where were you? Where were you born? <laughs> My story is actually pretty crazy. I was born in New York. New York, New I York. Grew Big up in Pennsylvania. Yep. Grew up in Pennsylvania, huh? <laughs> and then in high school, my family moved to Texas. And then after undergrad, moved to California. <laughs> California, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. So Golden uh, Hills right now. <laughs> Rolling Hills. What do you think of that? Huh. I almost feel. It's not quite as. I got to taste this again. Yeah. Because the nose lies to you. The nose lies to you deeply. Kelly, you got to close me out, sir? No problem. Excuse me, Beer Talk Now community. Kelly, the general manager, a great guy, is uh, telling me to close out now. (laughs) Let me tip him up. There you go, sir. Then I just need to get my John. John Hancock, if I can get a receipt, I'd appreciate it. Print, print it. Uh, thank you. You know what? I'll just email it to myself. See, there we. Oh, yep. Technology people, it, it has my email, and I've never been here, and this is my first time, but that's all right. We're moving on. Thank you, sir. So sorry about that. You were so you moved to California undergrad. 
For my master's. For your master's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Came out Because you here. did the Cal Poly thing. And then you, yeah. you chose to stay because your husband got... Yep, I met the person I'm married to now. Okay. He's a wonderful man. That's right. Congratulations. Thank you. Woo, woo, woo. Year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a fun ride. I definitely... He's from here, born and raised, and I think that it's a fine place to settle. <laughs> Cali, weather you, Cali weather, you can't beat it. You got, yep. not, you got a lot of grass, you got a lot of cows. <laughs> it's expensive here for a reason. <laughs> so... Back on back on the beer, because oh yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't even let you finish about that English. Uh, the, what do you think about that? It's definitely the mild high from what we had just been tasting. Yeah. It doesn't have quite as much of a flavor profile as the other two. Um, it's it's still interesting. I'm sure it has a few fans out there. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna. This is not my best one. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I put it down for a while. Well, you know what? It's flight number two, and I'm going to go grab that. But while I'm grabbing that, if you had to choose a brewery that you would go to from all the breweries you've been to, why would you choose Uproar Brewing Company instead of them? Uh Uh-huh. Yep, I got you. I'll let you think (laughs) about that as I go grab the other flight. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I've as I've mentioned before, I've been to Uproar. And it's definitely got this really cool vibe. It's in this warehouse, and there's brick and open flooring, open ceilings. Not open roof, though. It is covered. (laughs) It's definitely a fun place to hang out. They have trivia on Mondays. They They show the games on their TVs. There's food here. It's really accessible as... We're sitting here. I'm looking at a lime scooter that's inside this uh, facility here, and you know it's somebody's form of transportation, and that's, that's right. great. Local, mobile transportation. The Brussels sprouts with the bacon and the fried egg is amazing. I just want to let you know it is great. All right, I'm back, and I think we got a one. We got a couple extra glasses right there. Oh yeah, we're doing great. We are doing great. So, we're talking now, community. We are on flight number two. Flight number two has drink the blue, the blues away, two cents, two cents, double dank, touches in, and oat of the world, and that's what I'm talking about. That oat of the world, I can't wait. Um, but before we do that. What made you start consulting? Sure. That's right. Now, see, I, I tell you, Bitch Talk Now community, I just, I don't forget. We just got, we just keep drinking and I keep remembering. I drink and I know things. Shout out to you. <laughs> full of beer and full of questions. It's awesome. Curiosity is the best. So we have a good question here. How did I get into consulting? So in working in the food world, I have focused a lot on product development and research. And whenever you have those types of projects, there's a lot of constraints that are generally related to food safety or to quality. So for me to really learn about food safety after I graduated from my master's program, I wanted to take that step into the food safety and quality, the more that compliance and regulatory world, so that I could learn about these constraints and think about them. Who knows, maybe one day I'll go back to product development. But for now, I'm really enjoying food safety. I think Shout it's a lot of fun. 
I think it's a lot of fun in both worlds, but in food safety to have this set of rules that you're interpreting and then following. I think to me it's it's almost straightforward, but definitely the hardest part, of course, is actually the application. And it's been a lot of fun to get to know how people work and how companies work and cultures of companies to figure out how they can get food safety into their companies. Now, with culture, since we're talking culture, and since you mentioned culture, with beer culture, what is it about beer culture outside of the anywhere beer culture that what else about beer culture do you like what do you what do you enjoy and what is how can you take that cultural aspect of the beer culture that you enjoy and transfer it to when you're dealing with your clients and Mm -hmm. trying to change that culture i really like this question it's interesting because for me beer culture is it's global everyone well not everyone but of course where there is beer and where people like to drink beer, it's understood. People just get together and different cultures have their different cheers, right? That's right. Uh, Salud, cheers. (laughs) Knock it back. (laughs) Arriba, abajo, centro, dentro. Yes, there's all the (laughs) different ways to enjoy beer. And for me, I think that's what I try to bring into a food safety culture as well, is just that we all have at least something in common that we want to keep our consumers safe and eating safe food. So if we can all appreciate food safety and really get together on that, I think it can also be a globally enjoyed culture. I like how you put the global aspect to it because that uh, beer culture does that. Beer culture, just like just like food culture and just like out. Well, beer is alcohol culture, but you get that sense of collaboration with a lot of the breweries that I went to. I mentioned to Kelly, the general manager here, I mentioned to him about Altamont Brewing Company. He said, oh, they make some good stuff. And I was like, that is something that in just business in general, I think you're so much in a competitive mindset that you do not give yourself the opportunity to A, collaborate and B, learn from other brewers uh, i mean not brewers excuse me other competitors if you want to for uh for, for the terminology but i think that's great i think that what you're doing and how you how you look at beer is how i look at beer you it brings people together and you get to learn different aspects and i think when you learn of a different culture and you try to incorporate it not respect it you know not just not just make it into a melting pot and like all right yeah thanks we take it but you respect it, and then you actually say, hey, let's make it better. Let's combine and make it grow. I think that's, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. So where do you see your consulting company going in the next five years? And then after you answer that question, where do you see the beer culture going in the next five years? Mm, that's a lot to digest. Yes, it is. Take your time. <laughs> and while you do that, I'm going to do another uh, – public service announcement for the Drink the Blues Away, which is a New England hazy IPA. Back to these IPAs. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, It is a 5.3, excuse me, 7.2%. I looked at the wrong beer list. 7.2%. So we're going to drink that uh, as well. But go ahead. Let's let's start off with where you see yourself in consulting in five years as the first question. After we cheers as we (laughs) grab the beer. Got to keep the beer flowing, folks. We got to keep it moving. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, wonderful nose. That's definitely a hazy. 
Lots of citrus notes there. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's easy to drink. Yep. Another, I can take a growler of this home too. Mm-hmm. 64 ounces, knock it back. The Hazy Life IPAs, what up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an IPA I could take. <laughs> okay. hmm. That's right. See, this this, at Beer Talk now, we always take you beyond what you're used to <laughs> or what you enjoy. And then we find a new, we find a new friend. We find a new friend of uh, a drinking buddy to say. You, you're drinking the buddy, but you're having a good time. Much appreciated. <laughs> so, yeah, but sorry about that. The, the, where you see your consulting company going in five years. Yes. To answer your question, where I see Tandem Food LLC in five years is more than just me, <laughs> but definitely making an impact for startups. So startups in all types of the food industry. So maybe working with some breweries and wineries, but also some of the more um, innovative products as well, like uh, food products with crickets or food products with ingredients that we don't always think about or something. And it's been a lot of fun so far to talk and collaborate with people in the industry who are starting a new company in food. There's actually a good amount that I've noticed of people who are starting a food company that don't have experience in food. Hmm. And that's great to have more people involved in our food supply and to be thinking about solutions for the food industry in terms of sustainability or distribution. And, of course, when you have that type of background, you would want support and help. And that's where I would love to step in in terms of auditing, consulting, or training. I totally agree. (laughs) And I think that the more people you have with the more ideas and opinions, then you can find which one is the best for the solution that you're attempting to find in the sea of opportunity, which is in the food safety world. So with that, before you answer the five-year where you see beer culture going, how, what do you see as far as food safety aspects in the beer culture that need to be, or you think may need to be addressed, or are there are opportunities? Yeah, I think that there's opportunity in terms of the sanitation procedures. I mean, it's pretty straightforward in terms of the production of beer, from what I know, and there's mostly just equipment, such as the tanks and pumps. So it's, it's pretty straightforward to me in that sense. But it can be, of course, always improved in terms of sanitation for choosing the right chemicals and having your acid flush followed by a more base flush or maybe having a single chemical that can kind of do it all almost. I, I know it's hard to say that, especially as a chemistry um, person, it's, it's hard to find and create something that can do that. That's an all-in-one solution. All-in-one. But it's, there's always opportunity to improve the processes. Huh. Sanitation is key, uh, Beer Talk Now community. So wherever you're doing, whether you're at home cleaning your kitchen or your bathroom, that's sanitation, okay? And the chemicals you use, sanitation. A chemist like Elise created that formula to help and make sure that you can clean it. So I concur, like number one off of Star Trek. Um, (laughs) 
But and again, another question before the five year beer culture, where do you see it going? Uh, do you have any nerd out moments? Okay, for me, I'm a big anime guy. I love it. Shout out to DreamWorks Animation for making Voltron again. I love it. Um, I, I just um, that's my nerdy thing. What, what's what's your nerdy thing? <laughs> or do um, you have a nerdy thing? Or does your <laughs> husband have a nerdy thing that you just support? <laughs> I think. For us, our hobbies, I think, can be considered nerdy by anyone who doesn't partake. I, I think for us, we we like to cook and experiment. And so, for example, with the Old Rasputin, we used the beer as an ingredient to make beer bread. And nice. that was a little bit nerdy for in that sense. Uh, instead of just drinking the beer, we were able to use it as an ingredient to make bread. And, of course, our bread didn't quite turn out the way we wanted it to because Old Rasputin, if you've had it, is a very strong, overwhelming yeah, beer. That's, that stout is, that's like a, is it 11? It might be 11 or 12, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that's a strong, that's a strong stout. Yeah. Yes, and that flavor really came out in the, in the bread. I mean, the bread, it's just uh, the beer and flour and a little bit of sugar, and that's basically it. <laughs> and it was... Definitely something we didn't finish, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was a good to experiment, and now we're trying with different beers to make beer bread. Beer bread. Now, there there are a lot of uh, breweries who are using bread to make beer. I know there is a brewery that uses Semi Freddy's uh, bread. Shout out Semi Freddy's, Alameda, California. Uh, who they use their their bread. They want to use it to make beer. So. And there was a, a special, too, where they were talking about a beer out of country that uses, um, I think it was in Europe, in London, if I'm not mistaken, they use uh, old, day-old bread to make beer. So I, that's pretty cool. So you're doing the, you're doing, now you're doing the opposite. You're using the beer. I'm like, okay, now we're going to just put it back into a loaf. Amazing. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it, yes. And definitely shout out to those companies that are thinking about sustainability and how to reuse products. It's it's really important to not waste food. Change the expiration date to the realistic expiration date. That is A, okay? That would be one big thing to help us out. And then B, sustainability. Make Recycle, reuse, reduce, close the loop. You know the saying. You come on now. You was growing up in the 90s. You are Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but to keep it moving, we're going to go to two cents. And the two cent is actually an unfiltered Centennial IPA. So this is going to be interesting. I don't really see a difference between the un. Okay, never mind. It definitely has a. It's pretty hazy looking into the glass. So, yeah, we're going to give this one a try. The uh, two cents unfiltered Centennial IPA. Cheers. Oh yeah, that's that smell. That smells unfiltered. Mm-hmm. It's it has an IPA flavor, but then it's like really more mellow. Yeah, very mellow. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's like a light pale ale almost. It's uh, so surprising that it's IPA, but I guess it'll happen when you don't unfilter it. Well, I think it's hard, too, because the one that we had before this with such a stronger flavor, mm-hmm. I almost feel like that previous beer is still lingering. <laughs> the drink the blues away? Yeah, that was, I agree. I, I definitely agree to that one. Hmm. Wow. Okay. 
Well, moving on, moving on up. We're going to go to one that I want to taste, which is called the Double Dank. Okay. And the Double Dank is a, and as we look it up here, Double Dank, West Coast Double IPA, 8% ABV. Now, this one definitely looks, it's a, it looks like a nice, clean, finished uh, IPA. Cheers. My glass has it, uh, the foam kind of dried up because the extra dank. <laughs> oh, that smells danky yeah. right there. That is definitely a good danky smell to it. Now almost I know like what smelling, dank smells like. <laughs> almost like I'm smelling marijuana straight out, straight out of the bag. But um, yeah, cheers. Mm. You can taste that danky flavor as well. That's right. I like the dank. I love the taste of the dank. This is good for me. I like it. This is real strong. And, and actually, if you let it sit a little bit, you really do get a little bit of like the root, like you're getting it straight out of the earth type of taste to me. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I ain't gonna lie. I like it. I enjoy it. At least, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you on that earthy tone and that dank is a good way to, <laughs> to describe this. In straight terms up of the dank. Nose and the taste. Give me, give me a growler of this, and we're going, we're going heavy. Mm-hmm. We're going heavy with that. So, I, so you you've experienced sours, which we have a couple of those in our last flight. So I mean, we're gonna get that going after we finish this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you experienced the milkshake IPAs by any chance? Oh no, that sounds really intriguing. Yeah, though. it is. Can it's you almost, tell me about them? It's almost like a, well, at least the one I had. Uh, it was at uh, Cleophis Quayley. Shout out Cleophis Quayley, the milk of the poppy for the games of Thron- Game of Thrones. That was a. Um, Milkshake IPA, and I know a lot of the people who I follow on IG. Shout out to all the beer connoisseurs on Instagram. They um, they drink a lot of either sours or milkshake IPAs. That's a big thing. But dank is another thing that again I didn't experience until maybe a few weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, this dank oh. is great. I think that it was a. Uh, I was like, I don't know why they never made dank before. That's the type of IPA that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely uses lactose so a lot of the milk stouts mm. use the same type of aspect well, you're not you, and you almost get the you get like it, it has like a milkshake uh texture to it as far as in the glass so the body looks that way mm-hmm. but uh when you drink it it just it's like a hazy at least from what i had that sounds really interesting yeah. i love that innovation in beer it's such a historical drink but it still has room just like anything in food for improvement and to just be experimented with experimentation that's the thing about science all right shout out all the food scientists experimentation is key okay because you're never you think you got a formula down you think you got it just absolutely perfect and then somebody else and comes hit you with the bam and then it all changes just like that well, so what do you think about the dank? How did you feel about that one? Um, I think that you can take mine and enjoy it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shout out to the double dank. Next one up is a touch of Zen. Now, the touch of Zen is a rustic Saison with Zen grapes. So, see, we should probably tie, we should have got all the Saisons together so we can taste it. Because after tasting this double dank, I don't know what the Saison is going to be like. But we're going to get into this one. Now, this one is actually cloudy as well. It almost looks like it is unfiltered, too. Uh, the nose on it, it has a very strong farmhouse-type mm-hmm. Saison nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheers. Hold on one more time. Cheers. Oh. There we go. Got to hear the clink. Cheers. 
Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely a strong nose. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, very. Oh, that's very. funky. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's almost sourish. I'm the yeah, that's funky. Yeah, I would call this a sour if I didn't know any yeah. better for sure. And almost, and if you didn't know any better, you could probably call it a, a cider if you thought about mm-hmm. it. Because a lot mm-hmm. of the ciders come off that way if they're not really dry. So, yeah, that's that's, that's strong. That is a strong. The Zen grape, uh, yeah, I don't want to eat a Zen grape straight. I'll just tell you that. Um, this wakes you up for sure. Yeah, that definitely kicked me in the face. Like, get up. <laughs> wow. All yeah, right. I'm still tasting more of it, though, so I can't had. complain. I can't even lie about it. Yeah. Great times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was strong. That was definitely strong. Where am I? I kick. Okay, I'm kicking pretty well. Um. Around this time, because we usually get about, yeah, we're you know we're close to we're close to fifty minutes. We're doing great. We're having a wonderful time. Before we take to the last flight, um, anything as far as beer that you want to test my knowledge, which I have very little of. <laughs> sure, <laughs> as you mentioned uh, before, uh, I'm Filipino, and so of course there's Filipino beers out there. See, you had we should have found a Filipino brewery, but I saw uproar, and I was like, hey, uproar the name itself. Gotta love it. Shout out to all the Leos. Um, so Filipino beer. Talk to me about Filipino beer and what is the A, what is a Filipino beer that I may have heard of? And B, is it like are they typically like lagers, wheat beers? Like what are what are they doing in the Filip- in the Filipino beer culture world? In I wish I could tell you more. I wish mm. I knew more about Filipino beers. Uh, in my experience anyway, they're they're definitely on the lighter side. Mm-hmm. And there's really one big company in the Philippines, or one big brewer, and that is San Miguel. San? San Miguel. San Miguel. Yep, San Mig, for short. <laughs> San Miguel, shout out and San Miguel, and Philippines. They're, they also have a higher-end brand, I think. Okay. Um, I think that's how it is categorized, known as Red Horse. Red Horse. Now that is that a lager type situation? No, I think so. That is definitely it's a darker beer than San Meg, but San Meg has, of course, it's different types of beers, and so you can get lighter and darker San Megs. Um, those are the ones that I've had. I think a fun fact about Filipino beers is that if you have a Filipino beer in the Philippines, it's actually stronger. Than when they import to America because of the import laws in America, Do you tell. can't have such strong beers. What? <laughs> you can't you can't import such strong beers, right? So yeah, because we got some like 14, 15, 17 percent out here. So I, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. They can't import strong beers. Yeah, but I'm not too sure on the laws there, and I may need to fact check myself. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, that's what's happening because the beer in the Philippines it's definitely stronger. <laughs> hey, do the do the research, beer talk now, community. We're just going off of what we know or what we think we know sometimes. But um, that's cool. So, how often? Do you, when's the last time you've been to the Philippines to have that beer? My husband and I were really fortunate to have two weddings: one in California and one okay, in the Philippines. Big ballers, two two weddings, no. Philippines and Cali. Okay, <laughs> ball out. <laughs> It was, we were really, really lucky. Definitely, it takes a village to have that type of celebration. Definitely. And so that was in 2017. Nice. That was the last time I went. The time before, 2012. Mm. And before that, when I was really young and don't remember very much. 
So not too often. Not as often as I'd like, but... And as we're talking about traveling to different countries, we're going to start this Oat of the World. Oat of the World is an oatmeal stout, 6.6%. Now, I'm a fan of the stouts. And barrel-aged, everything, if you want to. But if it's a stout, I'm drinking it. So let me go ahead. Now, this stout is typically dark, as we see. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm drinking coffee. And nice, mm-hmm. nice. It looks like it's a great roast, really dark. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful stout nose on mm-hmm. that one. Uh, I love the nose. I love Very the smell. That's what the, the nose stout. is, the smell. The body. Mm-hmm. body is just dark. Nice, nice, little, nice little outside ring of, uh, of uh, head on that. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. It still has that fruitiness to it, it which I wouldn't believe a stout would have fruitiness, and it does. Oh, this is nice. Yeah, I but... would have two growlers. She said two growlers. That's two. It's a hundred and twenty-eight ounces, people. I don't know. Maybe we found when we found the winner. I don't know. We're getting there. Yeah, that's on the content. That's on my contender list. That's that's doing well. That's doing well. So two weddings. Yeah. Now, why'd you have two weddings as I transition to our last flight of the night? Mm-hmm. We were really lucky to have two weddings. We had one in California, as stated. My husband's family is from California, and so that one made sense for us in that sense. It was, of course, easier to plan a wedding that is local to you. And my family background wanted also to experience our wedding but of course flying a big family over here would be really really unreasonable and so bringing the celebration over to the philippines was a really nice balance and for us we were able to honeymoon over there as well because and got the honeymoon there nice Mm -hmm. i mean of course we had our family come with us and so it wasn't necessarily a true honeymoon getaway but we were already living together and we didn't need that. We just wanted to spend time with our loved ones over there since we don't get to spend so much time with them. Yeah, I mean, that sounds wonderful. How long did you, how long was the honeymoon? It was just um, a few days. I want to say two to three days. I'll take that. Uh, This one? Yeah, whichever one you want me, yeah, whatever one you want to dump out. Yeah, there we go. That's cool. Uh, Which one you want to hear? Okay, that worked. That's cool. That is, that's a beautiful thing. So now we're getting to our last flight of the night and we're wrapping up pretty shortly because they've got to leave at 10 and they're probably looking at us like, hurry up and get out. But they're, but Kelly is doing a great job. So I appreciate them. Thank you, Kelly. Um, so where do you see beer culture in the next five years? I had this question in the back of my mind uh, since you asked it. That is good. And that's good. That means I'm asking some good questions. Thank you. Oh, yes. It's for me, I mean, thinking about beer culture five years ago, uh, I was, of course, at a different stage in my life as well. And thinking about how I perceived beer and beer culture, I think that it's it's just going to keep getting more and more um, varied. So there really is going to truly be a beer out there for everyone. I think food in general is going to get to be a little more personalized and I think that it's going to be true for beer too I also think that it's going to be a lot more local there's 
a lot of microbreweries <laughs> that I've been to. I mean, going to UT Austin and being here in California, there's a lot of microbreweries, and that to me has been really fun. So having those smaller batches, and you can really experiment and get to know beers instead of always buying the same one or two big brands. That's right. Beer Talk Now community, go to your local breweries, find where they're at, go try the beers, have a good time, talk to the bartenders, talk to the waiters and waitresses, find out who the um, brewmaster is, find out who the general manager is, sit and have a conversation and you'll understand that this beer culture is built with passion and fun. And it really is just, this is just exciting thing. So I'm glad that you're seeing it that way. Um, we're going we're gonna to finish these off because we got to. And because uh, Beer Talk Now, we finish our beer, okay? That's one thing. You pour up, you, you, you drink down, okay? That's how it is. Pour up, drink down. Uh, we're going to jump into the uh, Sup Mango. Now, the Sup Mango, this is a sour. Now, you said you like some sours. So this is a mango kettle sour, 6.3% ABV. Now, this one is just, uh, it's a fun time. It's really, it's really clear. It's really translucent. I can see through that thing. So we're doing good. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Hold on one more time for the community. There we go. Oh, yeah. I, I smell the sour. Yep. You know what you're getting with this one. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's, it's uh, not really sour. It's more tart, very light finish. Uh, yeah. The mango flavor, I don't really get much of it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Yeah, I didn't really make as much of a face as I do when I have really sour yes. beers. This one was, like you said, a little more on the tart end. And the flavor profile is not as strong as some of the other beers we've had. But it, I like it because it is subtle. Because when I think of sours, I think of a kick in the face. And this one's nice because it's not. See, and that's the thing about sours. I've had the kick in the face sours. Because as a kid, I used to like sucking on lemons. Don't ask me why, but it was great. Uh, and I've actually had those where I was like, this is crazy sour. And then I've had tarts and I was like, oh, this is tart, but I could drink. I could drink a pint. I could kind of maybe, you know, maybe half a pour, half a pint, half a mm-hmm. pour, half a pour. But yeah, that, that wasn't bad. All right. Now we're going to go yeah. to the so pitted and the so pitted is a peach plum kettle sour. If you're understanding the theme now, beer talk now community, we're, we're leaving the sours for last. So the kettle sour again. It's a little more hazier than the, uh, if, if hazier is even a word, a little more uh, cloudy than the mango sour that we had. Cheers. Cheers, always. Oh, we had some stuff in there. Uh-oh. Party foul. We're okay now. <laughs> now we're getting now we're getting into wow. the sour on this one. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Now, I don't know if I was supposed to taste the peach there, but I definitely got some sour. And I actually like that one better than the uh, than the mango. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think here we can have a little more dialogue because I I prefer the, the previous one. I think this one was a little overwhelming. And you mentioned that you could maybe have half a pour of the mango <laughs> one. I think this one I can I can only stick to a taster. To, to the taster? <laughs> yeah, it definitely has a vinegar vinegar type taste at the end. So it lingers on the palate with that. And so that's a that's a good um to me that's good just because I like certain sours like that. So it remind it almost had that vinegar kind of reminded me if I was eating vinegar and the vinegar and salt chips. So that's 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 not bad for me. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. 
I, like, I do love salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> but, you, but you're going to go no on that one. I got it. Man, that really is sticking on the palate. Like, like it, I'm like, that went down, and I'm like, yeah, I could that I could feel that. I can feel that in the gut. So mm-hmm. that flavor is lingering. But I but I enjoyed it. All right, we're just racking them up. So next is the Golden Stave. Now this is a Belgium Golden barrel aged, two years, six point eight ABV. Let's get it. This thing looks amazing. Okay. Wonderful color on it. Definitely I can see through. I can see through it. Translucent. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Oh, oh yeah! I love the nose on this. This wow. definitely has a barrel aged nose. It smells almost like a bourbon barrel. A bourbon barrel. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. That the, the nose on that is beautiful. Let's let's get with the profile and taste and see what we get. Yes, this one I think smells the best for me. Hmm. Yeah, that's all. That is literally like I'm drinking a um, a bourbon, or some type of uh, some type of hard alcohol. But I can't much re- lighter. Yeah, very light. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I would knock this back. This would be my drink for the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is something my husband would like. Actually, <laughs> it's uh, got a great. lot of flavor to it in terms of that barrel age. Yeah. And it's really it's really interesting, but it's also light. And you get so many so. different. You get like an oak taste to it. Mm-hmm. Then you get a little bit of bourbon. And it's like, it, it, it doesn't sit on the palate. It's very light. It goes down, but it's the lingering uh, aftertaste or after notes, if I, if I use the right terminology. That is, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And it's not so heavy where you can only have one and you're kind of stuck. Yeah. This is dangerous. This is, okay, this is definitely dangerous. Um, so we're on our last one, and then we got to wrap it up for the night because uh, Kelly just gave me the wrap it up. We are doing the Pleasure Cruise. The Pleasure Cruise is a uh, Pale Ale 5.3% ABV, and this will be the last beer of the night. Beer Talk Now community, thank you very much for this uh, time that you took with uh, Elise and myself. Uh, if you need, if you if you want to reach me, it's a uh, at Beer Talk Now on IG, www.beertalknow.com. You can also go to iTunes at Beer Talk, Beer Talk Now on iTunes. Um, again, shout out to Uproar Brewing Company, 439 South 1st Street here in San Jose, California. And this uh, Pleasure Cruise, the nose is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a pale ale for you. It's uh it's a little different, though. Yeah, I think all the other beers that we had, that kind of really... This one stands out. Yeah, it does. It doesn't have its own... It does. has its own category, I would think. Yeah, it really does. So, uh, end of the night, what beer are you going for if you had to take it? Well, it is the end of the night, so I'd go back to that stout we had. Are you going back to the stout? <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go with the Golden Stave. That is my go-to. Mm, good choice. Choice, but the style would be my number two. That oatmeal, that I mean, uh, uh, Oda of the World, wonderful. So, Beer Talk Now community, thank you for enjoying another episode, episode seven. Elise, thank you very much. Thank and you. We're out. Good night. <laughs>